Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It's Not Easy. I'm Joanna. And I'm Marissa. And I hope you notice a slight quality difference today. I would think. Because we have some microphones that we're using today, and I am super excited about them. And we just have like a whole new setup. It's it's getting real out here, guys. I know. We're trying to be like fancy podcast ladies now. Yeah. We said 2023, new year, new us. Mm-hmm. So, so let us know if you love the audio um, because we might invest. I know. We're thinking that we're going to invest in some some quality audio equipment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yay. Um, well, today we kind of wanted to do a nice episode on career advice. I feel like... This is something that we've wanted to do for a while, but we wanted to both be um, decently prepped for it. Mm -hmm. So um, we're kind of going to walk through like our personal career journeys, seeking out opportunities, um, interview and resume advice, and then also just like advice for like when you get the job and you're working your day to day. So, Mm -hmm. and I, I just feel like there's so many aspects to this conversation. So I mean, we could always do follow-ups as well if there's, like, more things that we think of. But I think that this will be fun because I feel like both of us are very passionate about, like, just careers and, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm always the person who wants, like, everyone to succeed. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like I have, like, a lot of things to say. And I feel like we've also had, like, pretty different experiences and we work in different fields. So I think there's a lot of good, like, insight there from both of us. Yeah, agreed. I think that's what's kind of crucial is we have... Like, we both work in business, but we mm-hmm. work on very different sides of business, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. think it'll be good. I'm excited. Yay. Okay. Um, well, we just wanted to start with, like, a little bit of a career journey for each of us. So, you mm-hmm. could, um, especially if you're new here or maybe you don't know what we do for a living, um, then you can hear a little bit about that first. Yeah. Start us off. Okay. Um, yeah. So, currently, I work for... It's a small-ish company in Columbus. It's like a general contracting and IT deployment company, um, which, I mean, probably doesn't sound like the most glamorous thing in the world, but I do social media for them, which has kind of evolved into just general marketing. So, I do everything from PR, uh, social media, you know, like actual physical marketing, collateral, um, event coordinating, web design stuff, mm-hmm. really just kind of tapping into all areas, which I really like personally because um, I'm passionate a lot of different areas of marketing and I kind of landed in the social media space right out of school and mm-hmm. I worked for a different company in Columbus for a year, um, totally remote and I only did social media really for them. And it was, it was good because I was able to really hone in on those skills and really focus on that. But just, I wanted a challenge and I felt like I wasn't being challenged anymore. Like Mm -hmm. it was just kind of the same old, same old every day. Um, and I also didn't like being fully remote. So I switched, I've been at my current company now for almost seven months. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably about seven months. So that's crazy too, because I feel like I just switched jobs, but I've been there for quite some time now. Um, But I really love it, and I hope to continue to grow with my company. So that's a little bit about my career journey, I guess, just post-grad. So I guess to kind of recap mine, and I guess bear in mind that I have an extra year on Joanna, so I have a couple more like little points. Yeah. So I have actually worked for the same company since I was an intern. Um, So 
between my junior and senior year, I got a finance internship. Um, it was something I really, really wanted. I was very passionate about it. I had had a couple of interviews. Um, and this is, this is going to sound like a brag, but it's not, but I was offered positions at every place I interviewed with as like for internship opportunities. But this was just the one that I was like, mm-hmm. that's, I have to work there. Cause yeah. I could see myself working there after college. And I, I am, um, so I had a really fun finance internship and then I came on full time after graduating um, and I've had a couple of different roles. So I'm lucky that my company likes to move people around a lot and I work in corporate retail. So there's lots of opportunities to just kind of move around and try different things. Um, so I've had three roles, one of which was more of like a testing. So it was like a little more analytical. We would basically run like promotional tests um, in certain areas and just kind of read results, see if it made a difference, that type of vibe. Really, really interesting stuff. I feel like it's kind of unique in the space because um, not that many people do it. It's more of like a small team. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into a role where I was running our promotional calendar. So just a lot of kind of like inside back end planning um, to make things go smoothly in stores. So I ran like our file where, you know, all the pricing was input and making sure things were basically set up in the back end on the correct promos. Um, so that was really cool too. Cause it was really like that back end work to see like how do things, you know, work in stores. Um, and then now I'm in a role more on the inventory side. So I manage our like total company view of inventory, um, see if we're meeting our targets and kind of ending seasons or quarters or whatever it might be kind of where the company wants to be. Um, and so I, I work really cross-functionally with a lot of other teams, but yeah, I spend a lot of time in Excel, so fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but it's fun. It's, it's fast paced because retail is retail. Um, but I really like it. I have a great team and so I've, I've done a couple of different things, but I do a lot of analysis overall. So (laughs) very nice. That's, that's a little bit about that. I think it might be a good addition. Like what was your college major slash minor? Yes, so I have a degree in finance from Miami University where we both went to school. Um, And then I have a minor in, or I have, I had a minor in um, sociology, specifically on like the legal end. So it was called like sociology of law because you could just get a general sociology minor or like a specialized. And I did the specialized because then I got to take like criminology and stuff Mm -hmm. um, that I'm just personally interested in. So. Very, very cool. We studied, like, deviance a lot, and it's just a really interesting look at, like, humanity. But that was what I did in college. Yeah. I was a communications and emerging technology in business and design major, mm-hmm. which is a mouthful. Um, but it was essentially kind of new age marketing. So I did a lot of social media work there. But I got a lot more technical skills, yeah. I would say. Um, just everything from coding to working like really, really closely, like in Adobe and doing a lot of design work as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was an entrepreneurship minor. So I kind of had that creative side and then also like the, Mm -hmm. the like communications, which is just a good solid base I think to have. So for sure. Um, and I definitely think it's helped me professionally. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just thought that was a good addition that I thought of. Like when you were talking, I was like, we should probably yeah, that's really like good fill that in too, just because it's always interesting. You know, somebody could major in like psychology and mm-hmm. end up in marketing or you know whatever it is. Like right. you just never know kind of how you people can, get yeah. places. You know, and you can really do a lot with kind of any degree or any just anything that you do, whether you go to a university or not. Um, 
but that's why I really liked my path is because I had, I have a very like analytical math brain. So finance was like a good fit for that because I just, my brain does math well. I had always been really good at math, but then I also like, I feel like I love people and I love interacting with people and learning about how other people interact with other people. So the sociology is really interesting and I just, I'm interested in true crime and stuff. So it was fun to kind of do those things, but I feel like I got a good, like, analytical and like people skills mash them together and I feel like it's like made a huge impact because I just kind of understand how people like why people do the things they do Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and I think it's made me a better employee I think I love it (laughs) cool well that's a little bit about our background and then I think we should probably jump into some interview tips or should we do resume first I think all that's kind of together so in any order but like This will kind of be the area of like scouting out opportunities, prepping for interviews, having interviews, like kind of the the pre-job stage in general. For sure. I think my first piece of advice, and this is something that I wish I had honed in on earlier in college, was not, and I think it's interesting because we have potentially have different perspectives Mm -hmm. on this, but not always focusing on like seeking out like the huge brands, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I especially have that, um, look because I do work in tech and I've worked in tech since I graduated. And some of these really big tech companies like Salesforce, Microsoft, Mm -hmm. Google, all of them are, you know, doing some mass layoffs and certain things that, you know, are maybe not so great. And I fortunately have not, um, experienced that with the tech companies that I've worked for. Um, and I wish I had honed in earlier on, just seeking out companies that more closely aligned with my values and mm-hmm. less focus on, oh, well, I want to work for this company because they're a huge company. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of times going to be an empty promise. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times the best companies to work for, maybe the ones that you don't even know about, like straight away. Um, I had never heard of the company I currently work for until they reached out to me and it's mm-hmm. ended up being a great fit. And so I think, like, I don't know that I would have, like, sought out that opportunity on my own. Mm-hmm. But now I know for future reference, if I ever am looking for another job to, like, focus on that. And I think that's, like, a big piece of yeah. advice for me is just look for companies that not only does the position sound interesting, but then, you know, speaking to them in interviews and stuff, does it seem like a good company that you truly want to work for? And a lot of times the smaller companies are really, really great at, like, being good to their employees from my experience. Yeah, and I think that, that that is a really like good piece of advice because that is a huge difference between I mean, we are in different industries, but also you're at a small much smaller company mm-hmm. than mine. Right. Um so I think it's it's good to acknowledge that both exist and have really great opportunities. Um but like to kind of build off of what you just said, I think a lot of it is just like a familiarity. So mm-hmm. I think when you're looking at the bigger brands or like when people are in accounting, you're like, oh, the big four, which is going to be the big three now. But right. it's like you look at that and you're like, oh, those are like well known. So you just assume that that's like, all right, like good opportunity, like big companies means more jobs. Like it just I feel like there's like almost like a safety element to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a lesser known company, you're like, I don't really know anything about it. But right. It doesn't mean that there's not amazing opportunities and, you know, the path that I went down just happened to be like bigger companies that I was interviewing for. And, you know, if those hadn't panned out, I would have explored other options, but they're all good. And they are. I think it is important to remember, though, that like just because you don't know what a company is like research, because like my first tip, first and foremost, for that kind of like pre job stage when you're scouting out opportunities or 
you know, you have an interview or you're applying, like do your research. Like you should know as much as you can about the company before walking in, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's like, you won't be able to ask good questions to your interviewer about, you know, why they like working there or what the culture is like, but you have to like understand what they do and you could ask more about it, but it's like, you need to know enough to even like have questions to ask. And so I would definitely recommend that is just like knowing what you're walking into mm-hmm. as much as you can before you talk to anyone who works there. Um, because then you can f- suss it out like, oh, this is a really cool company. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think to kind of go off that, which is really helpful if you're still in college or, you know, in like mm-hmm. at a trade school where, you know, you're going through a program where they're doing career fairs. Um, it's really nice to get in front of people before it's an actual interview so you can ask some mm-hmm. like probing questions. Like I always really enjoyed doing that at career fairs, just really trying to get to know some of the companies that I didn't previously know what they did, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that sets you up for success to then go into an interview or, mm-hmm. you know, to do whatever you have to do before you're actually getting in front of people for like the, the real deal of an interview. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that research component is extremely important mm-hmm. and you see right through it if somebody didn't do research. So, yeah. and it's like, you're just going to look better if you come in and have good questions because you already know, like if you walk into an interview and you're like, what does your company do? Like if I were an interviewer, I'd be like, goodbye. I'd be like, you're wasting my time. Right. Cause it's like you mm-hmm. like ask me real questions about like, the job duties or just like, I don't, I just feel like you have to at least know like what the position is. It's also like read the job listing. Right. Um, go to the about us section on their website. Yeah. No, even just that stuff is helpful. Just like mm-hmm. know their context, know what their values are. So you can kind of probe on that and ask like, what does that mean? To you? I don't know. Just, yeah. it helps. I think it's important not only to know what you would get yourself into like what your job day to day would look like mm-hmm. and what the company looks like, but also like, is it a good culture fit? Because that's huge. It is huge. I used to be like, Oh, like, does that really even matter? It like does. it so matters. Like it really, really matters. You're spending a lot of time and energy, like working for a company and working with people. And if you can't get behind their mission and their vision, and you don't mesh well with the team you're working with because you have totally different values, it's mm-hmm. not going to, it's not going to be a good fit. Like it's just not going to work out. You're not going to be happy at the end of the day. And that's what I feel like I always tell people when, you know, they're going through interview processes or just, just on this topic in general. And I like, I have not conducted interviews for like a brand, but I've interviewed enough or heard enough about people's interviews and how they go. And it's like, I think that the way you communicate with people is more important than your resume because if you have the interview it means that you're qualified Mm -hmm. like highly likely they realize that you are qualified for the position or they wouldn't be talking to you but I think like your ability to communicate and connect with people like you also it's like you might get a weird interviewer like I don't know that happened to me a couple times in college (laughs) yeah and it's like those are the interviews I walked out of and I was like I don't think this is for me and it's nothing against the role or the company or whatever but I was like maybe this just isn't like this probably isn't the internship opportunity that I'm excited about But then the interviews I walked out of where I like really had a good connection with whoever I was speaking to and it felt like they were like, not like a friend, but it didn't feel like an interview. Those Mm -hmm. are the ones that I was like, I want to work here because I feel like I fit in. Yeah. And I feel like it's a good culture fit for me and for them. Yeah. And like, it, it's not a bad thing if you're not a good fit, they might not be a good fit for you. And I think you just have to analyze that. Like if you're lucky enough to have multiple opportunities that you can kind of be picky 
Mm-hmm. Pick one that you want to be there. You want to interact with these people. Yeah. I've always said that when you walk in, especially that preliminary interview, mm-hmm. when you're with a recruiter, you're not even maybe with like somebody from the marketing team or the finance team or whatever, that preliminary interview, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. For sure. Because you deserve to have options and to seek an opportunity that is right for you. And so if that company and that recruiter isn't Mm -hmm. providing that potential opportunity, you're still like you're still seeking that out and trying to find that out for yourself. Yeah. And so sometimes you walk out of an interview and maybe they thought you were a great fit and you're like, I don't really, I'm not super interested in there, like working there. And that's fine. Like, right. it's completely fine to, you know, be selective. Um, and like in that area mm-hmm. when you have the opportunity to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about that. Yeah. So I just think, <laughs> I think that it takes the power away from you as an employee to just think that you have to cater to whatever they want you to be. And I think, you know, interviews are mutual because clearly like they need a position filled. So -hmm. it's like, I just feel like you shouldn't fear interviews if, you know, obviously they're like nerve wracking. Like I wouldn't say that I wouldn't be super nervous if I had to like go interview for something, but I think just knowing that you are fully capable and if you even get to the interview stage, like you're clearly. (coughs) (laughs) My throat keeps drying out when we do these. Sorry. I I could tell you needed to. So I just gave you the space. (laughs) Um, But I think it just, just be confident in the sense of they have to fill a position and they think that you are at least a good option. Yeah. It's like, just figure out if it's good for you too. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to sell yourself to them in a way that's inauthentic. Um, Because I just, I think genuine passion for an opportunity also goes a long way, but it's like, it's very obvious. I I would think if you're just like not being for real, yeah, you know, if you're not interested, like it's obvious. Oh yeah. It a hundred percent is obvious. Um, and I've been in a couple of those preliminary interviews, like after career fair Mm -hmm. in college where there was this one company that I did an interview with and like I genuinely felt like I was the recruiter in the situation That's so bad. And it was like so uncomfortable because I just walked away and I was like, how are they recruiting anybody? Yeah. You that's know? insane. And it's like, I know that I talk a lot and I always have a lot to say, but like, I also feel like I'm decent at like, especially in like a recruiting situation where I want to hear what they have to say too. And yeah. I want them to be able to, like, prompt me with questions so that we can have a conversation. But it's their job to it's, be the recruiter. Like, yeah. they need to structure the interview and then also give you space to ask questions. Right. But it's like, they have to lead. It's right. their job. It's literally their job. Um, I don't currently work for that company, so yeah. I shouldn't be leading that. That's insane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be times where you run into situations like that where mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, boy. Like, it's That's just so crazy. But, um, yeah. Interviews are... I like interviewing. I do, too. Like, I, I'm i not a recruiter, but I, I can't wait for one day when I'm, like, more in a management role and I can, like, interview people for, like, mm-hmm. my team or whatever it might be because I love interviewing and I love talking to people. Yeah. Um, And, like, I am really happy with my job and the company I work at, so, like, I don't foresee myself having to interview anytime soon. Yeah. Um, which is nice, but I'm like, I like talking to people. Like, recruitment for sororities and stuff, loved it. Oh my god, I loved recruitment. Because everyone would be... And I think that that went a long way for me, too, because 
everyone's like, oh, this is so exhausting. I'm like, I love this. I, like the girls so I would talk to at every sortie, they were like so shocked. I was like, I love recruitment. I was like, I love talking to people. And they were like, um, what? Because everyone's like, I hate this. It's so awkward. I'm like, I'm obsessed with talking to everybody. I know. <laughs> I I loved being recruited. I didn't like mm-hmm. being the recruiter. Yeah, I never had to do sorority recruit. <laughs> <laughs> I only did it one year. Um, but it was just like, it was annoying because you had almost like certain like do's and don'ts when you were yeah. on the recruiter side. Whereas like when you were being recruited, it was just more like, it was yeah. more of a vibe. Like it was just yeah. really fun. Like I really enjoyed being recruit, like mm-hmm. going through the recruitment process. I just love to chat. As, I do too. As anyone who knows me personally, <laughs> I'm sure that's really shocking news. I mean, I'm sure it's shocking for everybody because we have a podcast. So clearly we like to Our hobby like to is literally talking and just putting ourselves talking on the internet. So I know. Clearly we've got lots to say. <laughs> yeah, we've lots to say, but... Um, I think I have a resume tip for all Ooh. of my friends that are in like more creative roles. Okay. Um, because this is something that if you do research, you know, if you're researching like, okay, what should my resume look like? I, I've never seen your resume, so I don't know what your resume Mine is probably like. very opposite from yours yes. visually. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you work in a finance role, you know, yeah, that's I'll show what, you mine after this. Yeah. That's what you were seeking. And that's exactly what is needed for mm-hmm. roles like that. But I came from a really creative space and half of probably more than half of the actual the importance of the text on Mm -hmm. the resume is like the visual appeal of the resume for whether you're a graphic designer working in marketing, um, video editors, web developers, whatever it is where you're going to have to use that creative side, you need to have a creative resume and you Mm -hmm. need to do something that like makes it pop. I mean, it still needs to be legible. You still need to be able to put all your info on there, but having that creative piece is going to be so critical and it's going to make you stand out. I had, I can't even, can't even tell you how many times in interviews I had recruiters or hiring managers or people from that team that I was, you know, mm-hmm. potentially being recruited for like compliment on the fact that my resume was visually appealing. That's so cute. And it's important. Yeah. Like, and it's something that I had no idea that was something I was going to have to do. Like going into school, I thought mm-hmm. like, Oh, you just have like a very basic like resume. Dry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because now I've actually seen other marketers resumes that are like seeking job opportunities. And I'm like, they're going to have a little bit harder of a time getting Mm -hmm. a job opportunity because not only are they not selling themselves on their resume, but it's the most basic resume that I can guarantee you is a Microsoft Word template. Yeah. Which is fine for some... For me, it's perfect. Like, I'll show you mine. Like, we'll get to it. Yeah. But, but like, for for a lot of those roles, that's what you need. But if you're in a creative role or you're trying to get a creative role, you have to show your creativity because otherwise you're not selling yourself. You're completely selling yourself short Mm -hmm. and showing that, like, you don't have, like the confidence to express all of that in a one page document. So mine is like different shades of blue and it's like, it's really chic. Um, but yeah, so that's like something I really encourage. And Mm -hmm. you know, there's obviously templates you can make, but also like, I'm going to be honest, if you use a Microsoft word template for your resume, you need to email me immediately and I'm giving you mine (laughs) because those are so ugly and they're not, they're not cute. Yeah, no, they're not cute. Um, but like Canva is a great option. If you need something more creative, I, um, I did a mix of Canva and like Photoshop illustrator for my resume to just like get some like technical elements I like. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's also something where sometimes you might have to have two versions of your resume 
Like, oh, I, I very firmly believe in altering your resume for what you're applying yes, for. Yes, 100%. But even like, so I, before I um, graduated, I was applying for sales positions and marketing positions. Mm-hmm. And I had a much different resume for applying for sales positions than I you did should. for marketing. Um, because you're selling yourself in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is really important to know. Like, so yeah, that's was, a little resume tip for me. And I feel like <laughs> at least talking in, you know, more of the realm that you work within, they're different too, because I feel like you need a space to put like, oh, I know how to use this mm-hmm. like platform. And like, I think that those are really important things. Whereas for me, it's like, in the interview, they're going to ask if you can use Excel. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you probably do. Yeah. But, like, I don't need to know how to use, like, Adobe Illustrator. Right. So I don't need to put that on my resume. Whereas I feel like for more creative fields, it's, like, more important to be, like, oh, I know how to use all of these different functions and, um, like, systems. I don't even know what to call them. But Yeah. I highly recommend if you are somebody that has a lot of these technical skills, whether mm-hmm. it's coding or working in Adobe platforms, you rank them on scales of how confident you are. First of all, it's really transparent. Like Mm -hmm. for me, yes, I know how to code HTML and CSS and Mm -hmm. some JavaScript, but I'm not as confident coding as I am being able to jump into any Adobe platform and be able to use it proficiently. And so kind of ranking those skills and being like, Mm -hmm. that's smart, you know, here's almost like how much experience I have doing with it. It's extremely transparent, which Mm -hmm. is good because you don't want to get into a job and then be like, oh, well, you said you could code on your resume. So here you have to code all of this stuff. You know, it's you want to be transparent about that, but you still want to showcase like your diverse like abilities and what you can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, if you're going into the marketing field, I highly recommend having certain certifications. Like if you have the ability to get like HubSpot certified, they have a bunch Mm -hmm. of different certifications that are really beneficial. Um, And as soon as you're certified in one, you'll get people from HubSpot in your DMs constantly. And they're like, you should do this one and that one. And there's just a lot of a lot of things that you can do to like really broaden your skills. Mm-hmm. And you should be sharing that both on your LinkedIn and also on your resume. I think that's so smart. Yeah. Um, so I guess to talk about the other types of resumes, so more like mm-hmm. mine, like Joanna's like needs to be creative. And I think that that's a really good display of your creativity and like mm-hmm. things that you know how to do. Mine is very black and white, but when I tell you it is the perfect resume formatting for like just a black and white clear cut resume like education job experience it is elite yeah like and I got it in college because one of my professors like this is something I love about Miami's business program they make you literally take a class on business communications and you get graded on your resume you get graded on making a cover letter that you you know alter to a specific job position that you had to find online like we did all of these presentation skills and we learned so much about literally just like how to write a really good resume how to write a really good cover letter and give presentations and have a really perfect slide deck and it's like those it seems so silly but like those have been so impactful for me because Mm -hmm. that resume I've just updated as I've needed to and it is literally a flawless template and but it's like very straight to the point um so yeah I would just say for mine, it's just job experience and whatever, but it's perfect. And anyone that I've like helped with preparing for job interviews and stuff, I literally just give them my resume and I'm like, alter it to be yours and then I'll mm-hmm. edit it. But, um, it is just interesting how it's like different depending on what you're going for. But 100%. if anyone needs a resume template, I am so serious. Let me help you. I will give you mine. Yeah. 
Resumes are important. Cover letters, they're canceled, but... Cover letters are so stupid. They're so stupid. I know some companies still use them, and I know that some recruiters find value in, like, being able to kind of understand somebody's personality through a cover letter, but that's just what an interview's for. Like It's professional writing, so you still can't really learn that much, in my opinion. Yeah. It's professional. It's not personal. So we don't ask for cover letters at my company, um, but I know some companies are still a little bit on that train, which I get. Like, it's just been done for so long, it's hard for some companies to let it go. I know. Um, But... Yeah, I think your resume is important, and I think having some eyes look over it is always good, too, because it's Mm -hmm. like, what is, you know, you've obviously looked at it for so long, but from somebody that hasn't seen it yet, what are they seeing first? Where is their eye going to? Exactly. All of that is important. Um, Then obviously just making sure it's, like, grammatically correct and everything is is important, too. But Mm -hmm. it's literally just a sales technique. Like, you are selling yourself on one piece of paper. Right. And that's uh, the other thing. I know most people know this, but your resume should only be one page. Yeah. Um, But definitely second what you said about have someone else read it. And, like, this is even more vulnerable and it, like, might be uncomfortable. So, like, use somebody you trust. Have someone read it out loud to you. Yeah. Because I think that hearing someone else say it, you're seeing how someone else is conveying your words. So you're like, oh, maybe that, like, that sentence sounds kind of weird and I want to tweak it. Like, I did this literally last night with Alex. We were, like, updating his resume. Um, and I read it out loud to him because mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to hear it from someone else because you reading your own writing isn't going to be as helpful for any corrections as somebody else reading it. Yeah. Um, so if you're feeling shy, like shy, if you're feeling brave, I would definitely recommend having someone you trust read it out loud to you. And we can be those safe people. If you need, if you need somebody, um, I'm happy yeah. to jump on a zoom call with you and read yeah. your resume. I am help. actually so passionate about like resumes and all this stuff mm-hmm. because like, I'm not interviewing and I don't plan on leaving my job. So I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I don't have an opportunity to interview. So I'm like, everyone let me help them because it's so fun for me. I know. No, I don't plan on leaving my company either. So Mm -hmm. I haven't touched my resume since, which it's actually funny because (laughs) when I got my job, my new job in June, I wasn't actively applying. Mm -hmm. I didn't apply for this job. Yeah, they I haven't touched my resume since like 2020. Yeah, they slid into my DMs on LinkedIn and I just was like, oh, okay, this is happening. Like, mm-hmm. I actually don't even think they ever saw my resume. I'm obsessed with that. They just knew that you were stunning. So I think, I mean, unless I might have given it to them like before my in-person interview, I cannot remember. Okay. But I remember like barely touching it up for that because it was this like super last minute thing Mm -hmm. well if they saw your linkedin too they were probably like okay like she has skills (laughs) yeah but it was i mean i could go on and on for days Mm -hmm. how like funny that experience was because it was just it was not a planned departure from my i remember that it just i I didn't tell anybody i was interviewing except for my mom she was the only one that knew you told me the day you had the interview because i was over here and you were like Cause you had a day off and you were like, I just had an interview today. Well, yeah. Cause I left, I left the interview and mm-hmm. they gave me a verbal offer and you were like, Oh shit. I was like, Oh, this is like a thing. Like I'm not even, cause it was a Friday. I was like, Oh, like I'll have the weekend to like forget that that even happened. And then like maybe receive an offer the next week or whatever. Yeah. I didn't even know if it was the final like stage I of the process. I vividly remember that. Cause you were like, um, I have news. I know they were like, well, here's your, here's your verbal offer. We'll get it into you like writing by five o'clock today. But yeah, like enjoy and I was like what (laughs) I know I love that that was such a fun night it was fun it was very fun so we went and celebrated 
We love a good celebration. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Anything else along the interviewing and resume realm? Nothing off the top of my head right now, but I would just say biggest things, do your research, be prepared, have someone look over your resume and in your interview, just like be authentic, like still be professional and, but like present yourself as you are, because Mm -hmm. I think that finding the mutual fit, like the cultural fit is really important for both you and the company. Yeah. So just be yourself. And if it's like not a good fit and you know, if you really need a job and like whatever, like you don't have a fallback or you're not like still in your current, like prior position or whatever it is, like obviously that like changes things. But Mm -hmm. if you have the ability to like take your time on a job search and something isn't a good fit, then like it's not a good fit and that's okay. And just keep trying. Yeah. You can have leverage in those situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And as cliche as it sounds to like be yourself, it really is so important. Mm -hmm. Because I have always loved the teams that I've worked on and my coworkers. And it's like, that's why I love my job. It's Mm -hmm. like, I could do a job anywhere and like be good at it, like technically and like skill wise and just the work of the work. But I think that it's important to like the people you work with. And I'm really lucky that I always have. And that's why my job is fun. And I enjoy it is because Mm -hmm. I love the people that I see there every day. Yeah. A hundred percent. It is extremely important. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all for like pre-job for now. I mean, we could probably go on and on and make a series of it oh at some gosh. point. But yeah, I'm sure that's I like could. my basic tips. I know. I need to look back at my notes now because I, know. Um, I was jotting things down as we were talking, so I wouldn't forget. Yes. So. So now we should do like once you have the job or in your job, just random advice that we have. Um, I actually have one more thing. Okay. When you are like when you're done interviewing and you've received an offer or multiple offers you have leverage and I'm Mm -hmm. saying this because females are like Mm -hmm. worse at this than men literally the first offer you get from a company should not and will not be Mm -hmm. the last offer you have the leverage to either ask for like a bonus structure or, you know, like you need your pay adjusted. Mm-hmm. Like you can have this conversation and you can do it in a really professional way. The worst they say is no. Yeah. The worst, they're not going to take away your offer for asking for something more and do your research on this too, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's obviously going to depend like geographically where you live, what your job title is, what experience you have and all of that. But you can get pretty decent salary ranges on places like Indeed and Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. And it's important to do that research because yeah. it really makes a difference and it'll be really eye-opening. And this was the hardest thing for me to do. Because it's really uncomfortable. It is extremely uncomfortable. That's why a lot of women specifically don't do it. Yeah, it is a really uncomfortable thing, but it's also really empowering when you finally do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it for my first job right out of college. I and I really regret it. But my job that I got in June, I negotiated pay. And guess what? The hiring manager, who's now my boss, was like, yeah, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. And he was extremely professional. And he even told me, he's like, I'm really good. I'm really glad we're having this discussion. Yeah. And he he was was like, like, she has her shiz together and like knows her worth. And that's that's a great quality, I would I would think. Yeah, it's it's a hard and uncomfortable discussion, but it's necessary. And Mm -hmm you need to speak up and have that conversation because it's important. Mm-hmm. Now I'm done with, I've, I've said my piece. No, no, I think that's really good to bring up. And I, 
like I've said, I've only been professionally at one company post-grad. And as I've moved roles, I have, you know, gotten raises that come with them. And I, to be completely transparent, I haven't negotiated any of those offers. And, you know, it's not that I like regret anything. And I think I'm in a spot right now where I'm, I'm feeling very financially good. Um, but I mean, in the future, I don't know, like there might come a time where I feel the need to. And, you know, I think a lot of that too comes with salary transparency. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if I were to find out that somebody was making more than me, like, and that happens a lot. Like I have friends who know that they're the lowest paid person on their team and they do more work than other people. And I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. So it's like, there are, there are just situations like that. And I think that you have to be able to advocate for yourself. And right now I feel okay, but it's like in the future, I don't know. And like, so when you told me that you negotiated, I was like, I am so proud of you because I haven't even done that. And like, that's like, it's hard to get yourself to do it. And it's, I don't know, like that's a huge thing to start doing for yourself this young. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. I talk to my brother about it a lot because he's always been really good at being an advocate for himself when Mm -hmm. he's been like going through the recruitment process. And I was just like, how can I do this in the most professional way? And he was like, here's how you're going to do it. And he helped me research and he helped me like, a lot through that but mm-hmm. now it's like I know in the future exactly how I'm gonna do it and exactly what I need to do um and it it's something that just comes with like time and something that comes with you know having to go through that multiple times for sure um and again I'm not planning to leave my company or anything mm-hmm. so it's like not something I think I'm gonna have to do like right now again but it's important and the girlies need to do it also if you're moving jobs this is my last point if you are moving companies do not take a pay cut. And with that, you should be getting a 10 to 15% raise on what you are currently making if you are going to go through all of the work of moving companies. Yeah. And that's not like advice for me. That's like the standard, but just so people know, that's like what you should be expecting if you're going to make the jump because it's a lot of work. Like you have to change your health insurance. You have to move your 401k. Like there's all of these aspects to it that it's like, it has to be worth it for you to move. And like, Again, I have no plan on leaving my company, but if if you ever do move, leave your company, like you should be making significantly more. Yeah, it needs to be worth it. Yeah. I mean, both financially and like culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, Me giving all this advice for things that I like haven't done and I'm not planning on doing, but yeah, that's I mean, the standard. It is the standard for sure, and it's something that you definitely need to really consider. But yeah, um, yeah, I wouldn't. Yes, you should definitely be taking a raise. I would I would urge you to not inform who you are interviewing with what you are currently making yes. ever in the process. Absolutely. Because that is a huge um it's a huge red flag A if they ask that. They shouldn't be um, asking because they that. should not be asking that. But when you go to talk about pay, if that's something that you're talking about, like whatever stage in the interview process it is. Um, you should have knowledge on what the industry average is and you should have leverage as to why you fit into that industry average and why you mm-hmm. even potentially exceed it. So if you talk about like, oh, um, junior graphic designers are making between X and X amount, but at my previous company, I was doing this on a larger scale and da 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 da, da and you can list off responsibilities mm-hmm. that exceed that and talk about why maybe you're on the upper end of that. That's the most appropriate way to go about that situation in mm-hmm. my eyes. Yeah. So. 
do your, that's like another piece of doing your research and you don't typically have to do that for like the first preliminary interview, but it's definitely something that as you continue to progress in the interview process, you should be doing your industry research on the actual role that you're applying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's great advice. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like, okay, now we can start know, talking like, about other We're stuff. 40 minutes in. This is going to be quite an up. I know. We're really just, we're digging into all of the, all of the details. Um, like this almost could be two episodes. I know. I mean, we could make it two episodes. This could just be like our career yeah. advice for resumes and interviewing and we can do another one on like day to day. I feel like we have enough to say we should make it too. I know. Because now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I have like 12 bullet points. I know. And I don't want this to be like heinously long. So if we spread it out over like two weeks, I think that's helpful. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well then this was the first segment of our unsolicited career advice. Yes. Um, So that is just kind of all of our best tips for, you know, the pre-job interview, et cetera, stage and just a little context on our journeys and then... We will jump right into another episode and we will tell you all of our like career advice in the job. Right. I love it. Yay. Okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed. Yeah. Let us know if you ever need resume templates or a friend to practice interviewing with because I love helping people prep for interviews. I do too. I'm more than happy to help prep for an interview. Mm -hmm. So just let me know. Yeah. Let us know. We can be your career counselors. Yeah. Big career. career, Can I speak? Career gals over here. I love it. Yay. All right. Well, have a great week and we will catch you in part two. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to It's Not Easy Podcast. We post new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you're following along. And please leave us a rating and share with your friends. Bye. Bye.